Offbeat Sports Podcast. I was a tale of two seasons for the Boston Celtics. I probably aged about 10 years just from that series. I'd probably compare myself to you know, just a younger, smarter, more handsome, stronger Michael Jordan. Let's go Celtics. Go Patriots. These are these are guys who, when they when you give them a bowl of Cheerios in the morning, they finish every last drop of milk. Absolute uh, clown over here. I'm ready when you are, baby. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Offbeat Sports Podcast. We are back. We have an in-person episode today. Yeah, in-person. I got Vosi with me. We are in my room. Way to make it weird. All right. Well, it's been a while, so we thought we would come on and we talk some Celtics with you guys. So, yeah. Um, since a lot has transpired, a lot's happened since, since the season, season has ended. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to do it right away because I felt like I'd get too emotional considering my attachment to Marcus Smart. My Smart jersey that we have that's matching is in my closet sign yeah. still. I just, so emotional. So let's get into it from a non-emotional standpoint. Um, you sure you can do that? Nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, getting right into the trade. I mean, look at what we got back. We got Christoph Porzingis. And what we get? We also got a first-round pick. Two uh, first-round picks, right? Yeah, Chris yeah. and two first-round picks, and we gave up Marcus Smart and what else? That's it. Just Smart? Yep. Because Tyus went from – because Tyus Jones went to Washington. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, I mean, I think the talent-wise we won the trade. I, And, I mean, obviously we got assets back too with the picks that I feel like are going to be useful hopefully in flipping them to get – players because I never used to like when like when Danny was a GM and he would just trade for a billion picks and then just draft with them because then they just sit in Maine for three years and then like they're not on the roster so fast that so I hope that they're stockpiling them to do a big move like as everyone's kind of speculating but I still think we won the trade based on talent but I yeah. do think like I I get what we lose is smart but I feel like that's the bigger opportunity for Jason and Jalen to kind of like step up because it's like all this time be those leaders and like be what they're supposed to be it's like i know that smart was like that voice and stuff but it's like they still have al horford it's not like they've lost every bit of leadership on the roster like i feel like jalen brown's an outspoken type of person and personality as well so it's like it's not like you've lost every voice in the locker room obviously smart play with a sort of tenacity that everyone really liked but I still think that you bring back like a ton of talent and someone that can do a lot more things versatilely like on an offensive end with Porzingis. Yeah, I really I like Porzingis, and I think if he stays healthy, this is a great trade. If he doesn't, we're gonna look like morons. But with Porzingis, I really really he like 65 him. Sixty five games last year. Yeah, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good for us. I think it'll be a good piece. But it's gonna be very hard as a Marcus Smart fan to appreciate him fully. Knowing what we lost. Well, that's how I was with Kyrie, with Isaiah Thomas, which is why yeah. like, I understand. Like, that's, I think, why this trade didn't bother me as much. Because like, I love Smart, too. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved Smart for the way he plays. Like, I've always liked watching Marcus Smart play basketball. So, But at the same time, I knew that like the talent was there. And I kind of have just seen it like they did it with my favorite player that I've ever been like, a true fan of here. It just happened to be Isaiah, so like I kind of get like how you felt about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the what Porzingis can do for the Celtics as far as defense goes, he was an, he was amazing in the post last year. He was one of the best post scorers in the league last year. 
um, which but I think is he huge. Can play inside which out. is huge because I hope they don't just force him to sit on the arc. Like, you know, I just I hope that they actually do something with the offense and it's not just like what we saw towards the playoffs whenever they would get stagnant and they would just jack up three after three after three. I hope they let him do what he's good at, which is playing inside. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, he can stretch the floor like just like Al Horford can, but he's a lot obviously younger and he offers more versatility. So I hope they let him use that and don't just stick him on the three-point line because he's a big guy that can shoot the ball. Yeah, looking at that trade, I'm like, I'm pissed. Smart's gone. Like I'm kind of happy Porzingis is coming in. I think the more you think, and about then what I'm like, we do. got two first round picks too. I go, that is absurd. You think the <laughs> I'm more, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it sucks. We got a great return. Again, it sucks, but like, yeah, anyone who thinks the great we, return makes it sting a little less. Anyone who thinks we could have gotten more for Marcus Smart, I hate to say that they're wrong. I don't like, think anyone's saying that. Well, I heard like people, like I was like reading something about it, how someone was like, well, I think we could have gotten more. Or whatever, well, and that then, person is a moron. Uh, though that's what I'm saying, and I, like though that's what I'm saying is they capitalize on the asset while they could. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had a down. Marcus Smart had a down year last year, like like his stats were not as good this past season as they were like a year before. I would say defensively. I think offensively, he actually took another step. I mean, like, what he's ability. what he's there for is defense, though. Obviously, his offense is the latter was, part of his game, and uh, but which doesn't really matter. But I'm just saying, like if he continues to not be at that level as a defender, you got out from underneath that, like, asset, and yeah. you you kind of utilized it to the best of its ability. Just as, like, looking at him from that standpoint, not what he meant to Boston, which I think all of us know, what, as, like, Celtics fans, at least, what he meant. It's kind of hard, though, because, like, it's just tough with me with Marcus Smart because, I like, as much as he was great while he was here, it's like we never got it, like, done. So I have, like... It was, like, such a roller coaster of emotions because... The Brogdon trade, like, was the initial one, and I was like... I would have been much happier if it was Brogdon. Like, not like, because of my connection to Smart, I just felt like, because then if, it's like... Well, if it was that same trade with Brogdon, I'd be happy. The first one I wasn't happy with because we were just getting Porzingis, and I was like, I don't know how much better you, you are with that, but then I was like, as soon as the Smart thing happened, I'm like, nope, go back, go back, go back, go back to Brogdon. Well, and I'm like, so, like, I'm, like, seeing the Porzingis stuff throughout the day with Brogdon, Brogdon, Brogdon. Then at, like... 10 o'clock it's like they're gonna they're trying to get something done by midnight if nothing gets done it's over um and then i'm like and then i'm like oh it's happening and then i'm like oh brogdon's gone i'm like all right i'll take it i'll take it then i see it's actually marcus smart in the trade Uh, and i'm it's like midnight and i'm like i didn't sleep i was like i was i was so upset and then then i saw the next morning i saw the two first round picks on top of it and i was like it eases, it eases the pain a little and, bit. You know what's weird <laughs> with me, though, is that Malcolm Brogdon, I don't want to say he's overrated because that's not the right word, but, like, I feel like you'd think coming off six of the end of the year and all of that stuff, his value would be higher. But yet, for he's some hurt. reason, in my well, I know that, but in my mind, like, the return that we got with Smart is clearly more than we would have gotten with Brogdon. And which kind well, of... If Brogdon was healthy, there is there's a very good chance Brogdon would have been in that trade. No, I know. Well, I would have preferred that, but what I was going to say is they didn't just decide that they were going to throw Smart in with an hour to go. They definitely knew that they were going to move on from Smart. No, they didn't. I think that they did. There's no, no way. No, because they had just... Smart came out and said, he's like... That doesn't matter. No, they, they told him, like, they weren't training him. And then Brad was matter. talking about it, and he was like... It was a last-second thing we had. Like, it was either that or nothing, and we felt like we needed to make the move, and we really wanted Porzingis. 
So they decided to make it. It was not a planned thing. It was clearly not a planned thing. They were. I mean, it was all brought they've in also, until they've the last also second. mentioned for years that there would have been hints. There would have been hints of it before saying Smart could possibly be in this trade. There was not a single. No, hint. I know. I'm not even, saying that. Tra- even until 20 minutes after the I'm trade, I'm not talking that about that, that Smart trade. Was I'm talking about in general. I think the Celtics had were prepared to potentially move on from Marcus Smart in this offseason. Otherwise, so. there's no way that trade would have happened. I don't think so. I think they were. Well, there's been reports that Memphis wanted. Mode. There's been reports that Memphis has wanted to get a hold of Smart for years, not just I now. Just, I think they were in panic mode. That was what they had to do, and they and they couldn't refuse Porzingis and two first round picks, which that other one of the first round picks ended up turning into like five second round picks. So, um, well, there's a reason they're doing that. Yeah. All right, so let's get into... But yeah, he's not here anymore. It sucks, but let's I get still in, think... Let's get into the next loss. I think basically we both said as far as, like, putting all the Marcus Smart stuff, like, what he meant to us as, like, fans aside... Good trade. We won the trade, and with talent, I do think it brought it brings a whole new, like, opportunity for the Celtics to be just more of a complete team, so... But yet, it doesn't feel much better. <laughs> but right. I'm just glad we let's still get have in, Let's right, get into the Grant on. Williams loss. Uh, we'll do this one real Clearly quick. Clearly a salary dump. I'm not, yeah. I'm just going to start with we that. Just don't like, want, we didn't want to pay for uh, another 40 mil. Yeah, because it just would... The way that it pushed... The with tax would have been like a 40 mil. would be, like, insane. But yeah. I still think... It sucks, but... And I think Brad even admitted there was, like, a clip of him talking. And he kind of admitted it was a salary dump yeah. in the clip. Which sucks. I mean, but it happens, like... But, you know... They just, it's hard because he was a good role player for you. Like, I'm not going to make him out to be more than what I believe he was anyways. It was a role player who, you know, could play good defense when you needed it. So, I mean. I thought he was going to be the successor to Al, but. I mean, I didn't see him to be that good, but, I mean, I think he was a good player. Like, I think he could start on, like, a lower tier team. or like I think he a, could start a lot of teams. Oh, like an average team. Like well, the like the Mavericks. Like it's not like uh, like I think that he's going to be a good player with them because yeah. he's going to have because after those top two guys, although he might not like how he's never going to touch the ball. <laughs> well, after those top two guys with Irving and Luca, and I guess Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably the third option on that roster now, yeah. as far as like the ability to score the ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, it hits him. So I mean, he's the fourth option. Where here he was what eighth. Maybe, and there was a long stretch of the regular season this year where he didn't even play. So I think that's a huge thing. I just don't think he's going to touch the ball. Um, I mean, he's never had to really be a ball dominant guy though. He gets open in the corner and he hits the shots when he's given them. So. How many times is Luca or Kyrie going to pass it to him though? I mean, I guess we'll find out. Look I mean, at I still Chris, think it's, look at Christian Wood. He went from like a twenty point per game score to what? Like is eight? he still on that team? No, he's a free agent now. He's still a free agent, but. Um, I yeah. always liked him. Yeah, I think losing Grant on top of Smart, you lose the grit and the toughness on your team, which is going. you need to replace, basically. I don't know who's left out there. I don't know who you can trade for, but you need to get somebody that's going to get gritty. Well, I saw they wanted to bring in a, Patrick Beverly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I think that yeah, I, I knew option, that you were probably going to go there with that. Because I, as much as, as, much much, as I hate him. As much as I was going to say, I think... He's one of those guys where just like Marcus Smart or Draymond Green or whoever you want to mention with the same thing is like those guys that play gritty and like hard nose and they will hit the floor and all that kind of stuff. Like you hate them until they're on your team. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing with Smart. Like that's what the connection is. Like you, we know everyone fucking hate. Well, blooper, but whatever. We know everyone. Wow. Hate, wow. This is, this is a family show. That sucks. Um, well, we know everyone hates Smart outside of Austin for his antics and things like that. But that's why we love him so much. So I think it's the same thing with Patrick Beverly. Like, 
everywhere he's gone. And, you know, I mean, if, if he was that excited when Minnesota won that playing game, he's going to lose it here. Cause, <laughs> so, yeah, but no, I don't. Now he's with Philly, so he's never going to win there either. So. But, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. They need to bring in someone to replace that. I don't even think it has to be someone with an attitude. Regard. I, I honestly just think that you lost two guys that obviously are and were pieces of your playoff run that you had this past season. Obviously, you brought in a guy that has a lot of talent in Porzingis, but that doesn't ignore the fact that you lost your starting point guard, and obviously you have Derek White, and if Rogdon's here, you have two good, serviceable guards, and I hope that if he's here, Pritchard gets the minutes finally this year, because yeah. I do think he's a really good spark plug guy. He's you... requested a trade 15 times, so uh, at this point, I think they're, if they're keeping him, they're going to play him. <laughs> yeah, like I hope he gets his opportunity, because he is like a spark plug type of player who can come in and make a difference, at least scoring the ball, but I just think that it's pretty clear that your depth has taken a huge hit because all these guys that we're talking about, like Pritchard last year, didn't play. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those other, like these other guys that are going to like an O'Shaper set on this team a year ago wouldn't be a rotational player, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Which he, I think he'll actually be pretty. No, I don't think he's going to be bad. He actually torched the Celtics last year. He had like eight threes against the Celtics yeah. when he was on Indiana last year. I'm not saying he's bad. And I think he's sort of like the Grant Williams replacement, in my opinion. And then obviously they'll have Jordan Walsh, which is great. The kid they drafted. Yeah, they definitely need some wing depth. They just need depth and like quality NBA veteran depth, like guys who have proven that they can play. Whether it's you know it doesn't matter what position, but guys that have some tenure in the league. I saw they were interested in Glenn Robinson the third, the guy that won the dunk contest a few years back for for the Pacers. Which is super random. I hadn't heard the name in a while, but it's like I, they need they need wing depth basically. But they, it can't just be like a no name. You need like I would love if the Celtics got a guy like Terrence Ross. It's not going to happen. I just really like. He's been rumored to go to the Celtics nine thousand times, <laughs> every single trade deadline. Terrence Ross could be an option for the Celtics. I know. I've always just liked him since happened. back in the day when he did the dunk contest when he was yeah. part of the Raptors. Um, but I, he's just always been like a good like standing role player. Yeah. I think stuff. you need somebody that can back up Brown and Tatum yeah, and come in and give you good minutes. I mean, I like Hauser, but it's the same idea with him and but, Pritchard. A but you can, ago, play, you can play Hauser all season, but come playoff time, is that somebody you really want to play? That's just, this is the thing for, we're enough, saying. For, like, significant minutes. You well, can play is, him for some This minutes. is what we're saying, though, is, like, a year ago or, you know, four months ago, these guys weren't in the conversation as being part of the, you know, the role. And obviously, everyone, every dog gets their day kind of thing. Like, they all have an opportunity now to to play and show that they're worth it mm-hmm. and obviously i hope it works and like i like i said i want pritchard to play because i think he provides you scoring off the bench which is you know what some of the best bench players ever have been you know whether it be um like lou williams some of the other better yeah the i'm not worried about guards year. to be honest it's, it's no the guard's not the problem I think it's the for the fo- first time ever i think we have good big man depth to be honest i think it's more it's the forwards and you need someone to give Tatum a break. Well, I think we just need another four. Like, I don't really think Brissette. I wouldn't go four, I'd go three. Well, I'm saying either or. I just think that Brissette isn't really, like, the best. In my opinion, I just think it was kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, I um, feel like they could do more. But... Yeah, and you mentioned Jordan Walsh. I want to talk about that kid. I love, I think that was a value pick of the draft. Absolute steal where we got him. The kid is a defensive menace. And there was a couple steals Ian, in the draft. He's definitely one of them. So and I think his offensive talent is underrated. I think he's a good finisher. I think he's very athletic around the rim, and I think you can get. I think you can get some good he stuff. He reminds him. me a lot, and just in the prospect of the player and how they were brought in through our, the system of the Celtics. I'm not comparing their talent mm-hmm. by any means because one 
you're going to know who I'm, I'm talking about once I say it. One was the third pick in the 2017 NBA draft, and one was in a second-round pick. But Jalen Brown came into the league very, very, like, green. Jalen like, Brown was 2016. Was he 2016? Tatum was 17. Was Tatum 17? I always get the years mixed up. But regardless, um, Jalen Brown was very green when he got in the league. Everyone questioned the Celtics pick, and it's obviously where it turned out over time. And there's, not, there's a lot less pressure on the Celtics for to develop Jordan Walsh because he was a second-round pick. But he has so much raw athleticism, yeah. talent, his physical. Well, gifts. and you got to see the contract they gave. They gave him a legitimate NBA contract on two way. I know. So, so well, they're the, gonna. He's playing. Well, I know, but he he has such good length. He every I've watched some of the summer like the summer league clips of him it, playing. He I don't looks, know if you watched that Lakers game. They were down. They came back and they they're came down back. ten or twelve at halftime. Third quarter, Jordan Walsh completely turned that game around. He was a defensive man. He's got steals. He got out in the fast break. Completely changed the game. Hit a couple big threes. And he, he in that Jay Scrub kid who I think is going to make the team, he's been freaking good. And Davidson's been rough. He's been turning the ball over a lot. But and uh, they, they Jordan Wallace turned that game around. And I think he showed flashes of what he can do defensively and offensively in – I don't worry about J.D. Davis. But in so not the, to he's play. never going to play. He's never going to get on the team. But, like, with Jordan Walsh, like, you don't need him to score, but he's got that confidence where he can go get a bucket. He can work his butt off to get you. Well, there's actually there's get a, you a score. There's an interview with him from the other day where they asked him oh, about his three-point shoot. shooting, mm-hmm. and they were, he was like, yeah, they told me I have to shoot, mm-hmm. which I think is is a, not a bad thing because it's like he obviously wasn't the best scorer in college. And it's like but if he you was wanna, in high school. No, I know that. Well, I mean, all these guys that are getting here obviously could score in high school. I mean, they're, they're miles above some of the competition they're playing, and it's, you know, obviously deservingly so. But, like, if you want to unlock that potential that he has with his athleticism and his build, it starts with, you know, forcing him out of his comfort zone, and obviously that is, like, the offensive side of the ball. It's clear watching him, like, I watched uh, a couple highlights of him, and I saw one guy try to cross him over, get into the lane. His extension and his lateral movement just to it's stay in front of Just to stay in front of the, just to stay in front of the guy as he's driving to the lane was, was amazing, and he got a steal out of it. It was just, like, really, really good defense. You can tell he has a knack for it, which mm-hmm. is huge, I, and I think it's going to play. Half the problem is instinct. You can't teach it, and he's got it. And, and I think in the first game, he was playing good defense, but I think he was so excited. He had all that energy I also think that he was making some mistakes defensively, but then like he started to settle I in also, and yeah, really lock down. I think this is something that maybe you're not thinking of with him, but I just I kind of think. I think it's really going to play well for him, that the fact that he needs to develop his offensive game, seeing as he has arguably the best offensively skilled forward in basketball right now. Four words. Like, his... He said he's been working with Al Horford already. Well, I'm talking about Jason Tatum. Yeah, I know, but I'm but, saying, like, he's got guys in front of him that can see. Like, you, like, Al Horford's a perfect example. He came in not a shooter. He never was a shooter, and he developed that. So if he can work with Jordan Walsh and, like, kind of show him the ropes, that, would, that he could be something Well, I think special. in my opinion I would want that to be Jason Tatum just because of the fact that they play a similar position, obviously. And I think that, like, Jason Tatum is a tall, like, long athletic player, and I feel like that – if he can get that fluidity that Jason Tate, I'm not saying he's ever going to have the, the skill where, like, fluent, you know. He have a good backup to him. Yeah. I just think that, 
with time, it's something that can be huge for them because he obviously has show, is showing flashes early that there's a reason that, you know, he was that is supposed to be here. And I think that's a big thing. And if he plays with an attitude and he comes into the league and just, you know, keeps going and, like, he's going to be a part of this team for, like, a few years to go, especially. I mean, they didn't sign him. Like years. you just said, they didn't sign him that contract for no reason. Like, Not in four re- years, I mean. He's going to play. Yeah. So, I, I really like that kid. Um, so, moving on, just kind of our last points. Um, do you think this team can win a championship? Not yet. Not in its uh, – and I agree. I think not in its current form. I don't think Brad's done. Clearly was collecting an arsenal of picks for something. I hope it's not Damian Lillard. It's not going to be Damian. They're, everyone just shut up if you think he's It's so stupid. He's going to Miami. He's not going to Miami. I th- okay, well, he might not be going to Miami, but he's not coming here. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah, but I think, I think there's something – even if it's just a bunch of role players that they're acquiring, that's fine. That's what they need. They don't need any more big-name guys. So they just need other talent on this team that they know can come in now and you contribute gotta, at a constant rate. Like it doesn't need to be someone that's going to come in and give you 15 every night. But if someone, if you get a guy like a couple of guys that you know can come in and give you a straight nine points, ten points, even seven, if it's seven and five, like whatever, so you can give you 25 minutes of good basketball of good basketball every night, and you have eight to nine of those dudes, and you know that you can keep running those guys and giving them rest with Hauser, whoever. That's the biggest thing, and they really need to find those last few guys because I just don't think right now. One of the biggest things the Celtics had and were praised for this past season was their depth. Yeah, they crazy. It was their depth. depth, and yet with only the departure of what feels like two players, we are now questioning how deep they are as a roster, which makes me think to myself, well, well, then how deep were we really? You know, I know it's two players, which is, you know, it takes you from nine to seven. That's fine. But, like, what are you going to do? Well, technically, to you lost one because Porzingis flipped for the other. Oh, well, yeah. But, you know, just in, well, yeah. I mean, if Blake Griffin, he's still technically on the active roster. but You it, need at least one or two more guys that can give you good minutes. Yeah, that's especially, the biggest thing. Especially where you have a bunch of guys that could get hurt. Yeah, that's a big thing too. That like I feel like where that is my concern. I mean, I I want to hope that Porzingis is healthy because he had a really good year last year, played a lot of games. But outside of Porzingis, even Rob. if Malcolm Brogdon's on the team, Malcolm Brogdon, Rob. what's going on with his elbow? Rob Al Horford's, Al Horford's not getting any days. younger. He's definitely not going to play every he, single back to back. He doesn't play his back to backs. Like you are going to have questions on that on the team, and you're going to have to fill rotational minutes. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I know you love him, but I really don't want to see Luke Cornett touch the floor. It's just my personal. Luke. It's just my personal opinion. It's I think like, he's improved every It's year. like watching a special needs draft. Play, I don't really want to do it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to see him play. But <laughs> I don't want to see him play. I don't mind if he's like standing up and clapping, like looking like you know it might be. Like I'm good if he a, plays a mascot, like, but I'm, I good if, I'm good if play. he plays every once in a while, like so, when Al's out. But if we're blowing a team out by twenty, then throw him in there. I don't care. Otherwise, I don't really want to see him. But that big white beast. <laughs> he could have just said big beast. I don't know. He's so pale. <laughs> That's true. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I All think right. we both kind of agree on most of this stuff, and I think that, like, with some moves... No, that I they, hate you. Yeah, that's true. But I think with some moves that they're going to end up being a good team. How they put it together, and I think the biggest thing to me about any of the things that has happened is how they use Porzingis, and if they let him play to his strengths, 
he will rise and be that third part of this big three that they've put together. Yeah, the thing is, he's going to have to learn how to take a back seat and contribute when he needs to. Need well, to I think that's the biggest thing, though. I mean, like, when I'm not comparing. He's going to have to become a real I'm not comparing. Threat. He's going to become the lob threat. Well, I'm not comparing these two, like, groups because they are obviously the talent is very far beyond in the first of the two groups. But when the Celtics back in 2007, 2006, 2007, brought in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, it was the same. It's the same idea of when you bring in players like that, just yeah. like the Suns we gotta, now. We got to bring in a Ray Allen. Someone now. has to take a backseat role, mm-hmm. and Ray Allen did that when he came here. I mean, he was he led. He was leading his teams when he was on them. So was Kevin Garnett. But I mean, he, it's clear who took the backseat role. It was clear who was the third guy of those three guys. And I think obviously that's going to be Porzingis here, as he's the new player. But. I don't see that as a problem because he's a perfect guy that you know can consistently give you that scoring option. When Jalen's off, you know he can give you 20 points. This is what I want them to do, just my final thoughts. And hear me out because they used to do this with Al. I would like them to stick Al in the corner like where uh, like where they used to stick Grant. And then put, put Al Porzingis at the top, top of the key where they used to put Al. Some guy brings it up, bringing it Al, Al, or not Al, Al used to be this position. Put it at Porzingis at the top of the key, get it to Porzingis at the top of the key, and you run the offense through there, and you run guys around, and you get guys open from yeah, there. Yeah, but they always pass to him off ball screen, come around. That was such a off. smooth offense, and we did that with Al, and we used to have Gordon Hayward bring the ball up, get it to Al. He would float through, he'd get around, and now you could do that with Tatum. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I agree. And I think the biggest thing is going to be how they utilize the offense. And something we didn't mention, uh, I know we're going to wrap up, but we didn't mention this, but I'm very happy they brought in some capable assistant coaches. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention it. No, I just thought people, of it. People underrate uh, assistant coaches. Well, like Sam Cassell, so huge. Losing uh, Damon Stoudemire was the team's downfall. I honestly believe like, that. The fact that we brought in guys that can talk Sam to players, Cassell, know how to connect who's with the players. Buck, they brought in the Bucks' top assistant as well. That guy was, should have gotten a head coaching job. Yeah, they stole They stole both the, the Sixers and the Bucks' top, uh, top coach so I, and I, assistants. I know we only, we're going to wrap up, but I do think it was something to mention, and I, we think we, yeah. I think we forgot. I do think that's huge because like I think it showed Missoula's rookie – head coach, like, I'm going to say greenness to the position, it started to show as mm-hmm. the year went on. And I think people... Well, it also hurts not having experienced I assistance think, either. No, I know. And I totally understand. I totally agree with you, which is why I think this is huge, because both of those guys have been in successful systems, whether it was in their playing career, especially with Sam Cassell, when he was in here and he was in uh, Detroit or wherever, mm-hmm. um, Minnesota, um and the other coach, well, I, don't, I don't know his name, um, but he was in... Chris something. Yeah. He was in a good system as well. I think that's huge to bring in here so that Joe can see and like hear from those guys, especially because Sam Cassell specifically is very well respected. Yeah. And I think that's something where it's like, I don't see... I think he can motivate the players. I don't see Sam Cassell as an assistant in my like to mm-hmm. me. Like He's more of like the offensive coordinator or like you know like i don't see him as an assistant with him i think he's going to be able to get the get the most out of the players motivate the players that like ime adoka was able to do that year well i mean at the beginning of this season joe mazula seemed like he had a great grasp on that and i think as the season faded on i don't think he knew how to motivate those players throughout the season because i honestly think the team got bored i just think it's a long season and if you don't know how to keep those guys it like 
into what's going on and like bought into your what you're saying and know how to adjust with time then obviously you're not gonna be able to keep them and i don't think he was ready for that yeah because he's never had that role like as an assistant when he was here you know before underneath uh email it's like yeah okay you might say something to the guys like you know here and there off and on but it's like your message isn't the thing that they are grasping onto to keep them locked in and keep them like mm -hmm. to continue going and i don't think he was exactly ready for that yeah and on top of the fact that some of the mistakes he made coaching like on the floor when people want to get on for timeouts and stuff like that it's like you know what he was thrown into the role so i try to give him a i honestly i honestly like his philosophy on timeouts no i don't i know i'm not crapping yeah. on him for it i'm just saying that like some people mm -hmm. like no i understand people I, I'm jumping down his throat i liked his philosophy on timeouts because they're nba players they should be able to like, get it they should i agree every once in a while if it's like a serious thing yeah you can call a timeout but like if it's like a first half run, you shouldn't have to call a timeout. I agree with you, but I feel like this pat this year with this team, they just didn't show the eagerness to continue to compete, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with him and his style of coaching. And I just think that bringing in those guys with that experience is going to be a huge thing. So yeah, but yeah, all right. All right. So I think that about concludes all of our Celtic stuff. Um, thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. I will miss you. Dearly, I'm still my signed Marcus Smart jerseys in there. I'm hanging still up in my closet. I'm still gonna cross have the same jersey. I'm still gonna rep your jersey all the time. Don't worry. I'm gonna buy you a Grizzlies buy a Grizzlies Smart jersey. I'm all in. Blue hair is gonna go crazy. He's not going to blue hair. First of all, misconception. He didn't dye his hair green because of Celtics. Dyed his hair green because that was the color his mom uh, mom wanted his hair to be. Why? So, because he was boom. on the Celtics. No, because it was her favorite color, and then she died, and then he dyed it dyed it green. Fake fan. Fake fan. All right. Fake fan. I just, it matched <laughs> right. the Celtics screen, so yeah. I said blue. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching or listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram at offbeat underscore sports, on TikTok at offbeat sports, and make sure you like this video and subscribe to our channel. We will see you next time on Offbeat Sports. Have a great day. Call them all text songs.